it's becoming more and more popular for SLPs to start their own practices. And so I've made it a priority to network with them. And it has been incredibly valuable. So cool to cheer each other on, help each other out when we're you know, unsure of what to do next, or I don't know what to do with insurance, whatever it is. I just feel like we all offer different specialties and we all have different availability. So we can refer back and forth to each other and really help each other along the way and grow together instead of seeing each other as competition. Hey there, and welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. My name is Benita Litvak, and I am so grateful you're here. I'm an ASHA certified speech language pathologist, author, and augmentative and alternative communication consultant who is obsessed with helping SLPs like you stop reinventing the wheel and connect with other SLPs in the trenches. Have you ever wondered how other SLPs seem to be doing it all with ease? Well, around here, you'll get to hear firsthand how SLPs are really getting things done while keeping evidence-based practice and self-care in mind. Think of this as a coffee date with your SLP friends. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while we learn together. Today, I am joined by Sydney Bridenstine. Sydney founded Olive Branch Speech Therapy LLC in 2015 as a solo practitioner, and she now leads a team of amazing speech language pathologists. She grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and has been practicing as a pediatric SLP in Nashville since 2009 in the public school and private therapy settings. She enjoys exploring new cities and countries, devouring fiction, and chasing three wild boys. Sydney, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. So did that cover everything or is there anything else you want to share before we talk about SLP entrepreneurship? Sure. Like you said, I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and then went to Auburn University in Alabama for my undergraduate degree in communication disorders. And then went straight into grad school at the University of Memphis, where I got my master's. And then from there to Nashville. So I've been here ever since. That's amazing. And we were talking before we came on today that I absolutely love her business name. And one of the reasons I really like it is because I have an Olivia and I found out that you also have an Oliver and that's kind of where you might've been on the brain when you started it, right? Apparently so. Yeah. (laughs) I knew I wanted to name my practice something that represented growth. And so Olive Branch was one of the final contenders and it just seemed to be the right one. And it's been really cool to kind of see the theme of Olive Branch, Olive Trees play out in our, in my practice and in our lives ever since then. And I just really love the idea of reaching out to the families, reaching out to our clients and making a connection, helping them however we can. I love that. I've got my Olive Tree faux olive tree in the back. So I'm all about it. So let's talk about three tips you have for starting a private practice. Sure. So I always thought that private practice might be a cool thing to do one day. But in my mind, I imagined that you had to be this type A personality, go-getter, super on top of things, very confident in yourself. And I never really felt like that sort of person. So it always kind of felt like something I couldn't necessarily achieve. But when I realized 
after consulting with a friend of mine who started her own practice in Nashville and being a part of the independent clinician group with Jenna Casbon, you can start small. And so I did it. I was approached by a previous babysitting client of mine who asked if I might want to work with their child. And so I was like, oh my goodness, this opportunity just fell in my lap and here we go. So it was so much less scary to just start with one client. I was still working in the school system at that point and wasn't anywhere near ready to quit my job and jump in head first, but I was able to start slowly and at a pace that I was comfortable with. And I am just amazed that this is now what I get to do full time. It has grown and grown and grown. And I never would have expected this when I first started. So you can start small and it doesn't have to be this crazy leap of faith. I love that. Uh, It also seems like finding your network was important too, right? Definitely. Yeah. Whether it was with the independent clinician or with your friend who also has a private practice, you built that network to kind of build that confidence. Yeah. And that's the thing that has been a huge part of starting this practice is, you know, we didn't go to school for business. So yes, I know speech. I know how to treat people for speech and language delays, but I hadn't a clue about how to start a business. And so I reached out to my friend. She gave me some tips and introduced me to the independent clinician group. I joined some of her, you know, build your own private practice, start your own groups and tutorials. And that was incredibly helpful. And so it's just been, you know, taking it one step at a time, which was very comfortable for me. I didn't have to like pause, go to business school, try and figure this out from scratch, just kind of take it one thing at a time and figure out, you know, what billing looks, figure out how to market myself and all those things. So as I've gone along, I've realized the value of that networking. I realized that there are many of us, it's becoming more and more popular for SLPs to start their own practices. And so I've made it a priority to network with them. And it has been incredibly valuable. I have actually started this little networking group. It's called Middle Tennessee Speech Link. And it's for other private practice owners in Nashville and the surrounding areas. And we get together about once a quarter. And it is so lovely to not feel like you're on an island. Um, Because especially if you're a solo practitioner, it could be that you don't really even interact with other SLPs ever. And so... There's probably about 15 members of the group right now. I'm always trying to find more. And it's so cool to cheer each other on, help each other out when we're unsure of what to do next, or I don't know what to do with insurance, whatever it is. And I just feel like we all offer different specialties. We're located in different areas of Nashville. Nashville's getting bigger by the day and we all have different availability. So we can refer back and forth to each other and really help each other along the way and grow together instead of seeing each other as competition. So that has been huge to help me grow my business as well. They give my name out to people. I give their names out to people. So that is definitely one thing I think is so important when you start a business. I love that idea. I actually have not heard any other private practice owners share that. So I think it's a 
really great tip for people to take away. Like I'm thinking about, I don't really have a private practice. I see a few clients, but I have friends that also have their own private practices that they are doing full-time and we text here and there and they're actually all friends too. So we should probably get together. I love the suggestion of how you do it on a quarterly basis. Yeah, it's been so fun to connect with them all. And I actually completed a business training program back in the fall. And my business advisor was like, wait, you're in a networking group with your competition? (laughs) That didn't make sense at all to him. And I was like, no, we're not competition. There's room for all of us. So yeah, you just thought that. Totally. Yeah. I don't understand why that's still a practice. Maybe in some fields that's necessary, but I, I found at least in our field that it's more important to build those relationships, build those connections, especially, you know, as a podcaster or someone who's on social media, working and collaborating with other SLPs has been critical to my success and my podcast Mm -hmm. success. If I didn't have people coming on for interviews or if I didn't interview other podcasters, that would not do any favors. And like you were saying, Everybody specializes in different things, has different availability, you know, does private pay versus insurance. And there's so many wait lists in our field too for families. So it's more important to think about your clients and them getting services in this case. Yeah, totally agree. I oftentimes get clients who come to me and Either they're out of my range of travel or they need someone who bills insurance because we're only private pay. And I'll say, I'm so sorry, I don't have someone available for you, but I know this really amazing SLP who does do that or is in that area. And so I'm like, at the end of the day, I just want you to get the help that you need. Yeah, that's amazing. Such a great tip. So are you home-based or do you have a clinic? I don't think we talked about that. Totally home-based. I don't have an office space at this time. I've kind of just tried to let the business grow organically. So I started in-home and I was like, maybe I'll get a brick and mortar one day. But to be honest, the way that Nashville has grown, our businesses end up serving a little more high-end clientele who want the convenience of us coming to them and and being more convenient for their schedule so they don't have to fight Nashville traffic and you know they they can get it done in the convenience of their home which oftentimes is more comfortable for the child anyway um so that's what we've continued to do and we're growing in that direction but i'm i'm never going to say no if some you know an opportunity popped up for us to have an office space and it made sense i would totally do it yeah No, I think it's good for people to hear that side of it as well, because I think a lot of people, myself included, you start getting a couple of clients and you're like, okay, I need to get a space now. And I wrestled with that for months. And I finally, most recently have come to the conclusion that I'm much happier without the overhead. (laughs) And also, especially with private pay, I feel like kids are graduating schedules change. Like there's so much uncertainty with private pay that I don't, I just wouldn't feel comfortable getting a space. I feel like I would get a space and then have to find clients to 
come to the space. But like you, my current clients prefer having somebody come to their home. So it's just interesting. It's like this conundrum, I think, that private practice owners always kind of wrestle with. Yeah, definitely. And and the more that Nashville in particular grows, I know I keep mentioning that, but the real estate is insane here. Yeah. So I'm like, well, we'll just not have that overhead and, and hopefully we can avoid that. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand being in South Florida. It's just everywhere, <laughs> I think. It's just not a good time. I know I've looked in the groups too and a lot of SLPs are even like getting rid of their brick and mortar and going to home base just because of the times right now. I think a lot of leasing companies don't understand our business model necessarily. It's not like we're pediatricians or, you know, pediatric dentists. So it's, it's different, especially when you're billing insurance. But anyway, let's talk about how SLPs can ditch analysis paralysis and build confidence as a practitioner, business owner, and leader. Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, I, you know, have struggled with self-confidence in the past. I felt like, especially out of grad school, which maybe everyone feels this way. I was like, how do these parents even trust me at all? I feel (laughs) like they probably think they're talking to a teenager. And so it's taken a while for me to build confidence in who I am as a clinician and the confidence I have in treating kids and, and believing that I really do know what I'm doing. And I worked in the school district before forming this practice for 10 years, and it was so formative for me. I got to see such a broad range of uh, abilities and diagnoses, and I learned so, so much. And I'm so thankful for that I was able to take that knowledge and expertise into my private practice. And so I almost have to have this kind of mantra that I repeat to myself, you know what you're doing. You went to school for this, you know, you know what you're talking about. And I've been around since 2009. I graduated in 2009. (laughs) So I've been around a minute or two. (laughs) So I have to kind of remind myself sometimes uh, when I start to doubt, but you know, I gained confidence in myself as a clinician. And then I had to kind of pivot and figure out how to gain confidence in myself as a businesswoman. I didn't go to school for this. How could I possibly know what I'm doing? And, you know, I learned a lot through networking and through the independent clinician and then heard about this program called 10,000 Small Businesses. It's put on by Goldman Sachs. And I had a friend of mine who is a wedding photographer in New York, and she mentioned this program and said it was the best thing she ever did. She's learned so much. And not too long after that, I was at a conference and met another SLP who had just completed the course. And she said, hands down, best thing she ever did for her business. And I was like, interesting. Now I've heard about this twice. I feel like I need to look into this. And so... I applied for the program, interviewed, and somehow got accepted. I'm shocked, just excited. And it's a free program, which is insane. 12-week intensive course that you can do virtually. And some cities have some in-person things as well. And then at the end of the course, they flew us up to New York 
for the final week of instruction and graduation program and to meet all of our classmates that we'd been hanging out with for the last few months. And it was just such an incredible opportunity. And I learned so much that I never knew before about how to run a business well. And it was so cool just to network with other people who are in the same boat, whether that's someone who makes pet treats or someone who owns a coffee shop, uh, someone who has a travel agency. There's so many different people doing so many different things. And we really could all offer each other different knowledge, even though we were doing things that were so different. And so I just think it was the best thing I ever did too. I I feel like I'm in a much better place. I've created this growth plan for my business and I, you know, I know where I'm headed. I have goals. And so it's just really set me up for success, I believe. And I think that everyone should do it if you are thinking about starting your own practice. It was incredible. That's amazing. I've never heard of it. And it sounds like you love to learn. And I'm one of those people too, like have taken all the courses read all the books, listened to all the podcasts, and I'm surprised I've never heard of that. So I'm going to definitely check it out. What was it called again? Yeah. It's the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. Okay. Awesome. Did you feel like you had to describe your business in layman's terms or did they just kind of get it? A little bit. Yeah. Okay. I know that there have been a few other SLPs that have gone through the program as well. And so it's, I don't think it's unfamiliar to them in general, but yeah, we all kind of spent time explaining like, this is what my business is about. This is what we do. And it honestly was good practice for, you know, just talking about what you do and letting people know about your business and, and learning how to market yourself and get your name out there because there's probably many people out there that still don't really know what a speech pathologist is and don't know how to go about getting services. They might think the only place you can go is to schools or the only place you can go is to the big name hospital in town. And so, yeah, you do have to break it down a little bit, but it was really cool to learn about other people's businesses and get to share my own. That's amazing. Thank you for so much for sharing that. That sounds great. Yeah. So what are your tips for building a strong and supportive network? Mm -hmm. Great question. I feel like there's a a small element for me personally of kind of faking it till you make it. You have to be brave enough, bold enough to reach out to other SLP or not just SLPs. I have also kind of been a part of this new group that's called the Nashville Student and Family Collaborative. And it's a group of us who all serve students in the city. There is a tutoring business that's a part of it. There's a behavior therapist. There's a lawyer who specializes in special needs, children and families, and psychologists in the group. And so it's just been huge just to reach out to one friend that you may know casually or someone that you don't know at all, taking that little step. I can't say that there's anybody that I've reached out to who's been like, no, I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) Um, And so it's been such a huge thing. Like there's so much to be gained, so much knowledge that we can share with each other and again, help each other be successful and cheer each other's businesses on. And so just take that tiny step, even if it feels scary, even if you're afraid of rejection, uh, it's so worth it. (laughs) I love that. 
And also in your case, you're a great example of if you can't fight it or find it, just start your own, right? Start your own network. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. It's funny because before I started the SpeechLink group, I felt that element of competition kind of popping up. I was like, oh, this new practice in town, they're going to steal my clients. Like, what are they doing? (laughs) And then I was like, but what if I just reached out and made friends with them? And instead of being sneaky and trying to learn what they're about and, and how to be better than them, we could just figure out great things that they're doing that I could be doing too. Or, you know, maybe I'm doing something that they need help with and want to do better. And so, yeah, it's just, it's funny how it kind of came together, but I'm so glad I did. It's been one of the best things. That's amazing. I love that. So you mentioned that your practice is a form of ministry. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So going way back into college and when I was trying to decide what I was going to do for my major, I initially thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. I loved animals and then thought that biology was so interesting. I loved it. And then took chemistry and <laughs> it knocks me down a few times. Not, not so great at chemistry. And so I realized I needed to kind of switch gears and heard from a friend of mine who told me about the communication disorders major. And she was describing it to me. And I was like, oh, that sounds so interesting. And I ended up applying for the major and got in. And once I started taking those courses, I was like, I love this. This is so <laughs> interesting. And I was, I had never experienced that before, you know, work had always been, I mean, school had always been work mm-hmm. and this was enjoyable. I was like, I want to learn everything about this. And so it kind of made me think back to when I was a kid and I used to correct my friend's speech. <laughs> <laughs> I was that annoying little girl, you know, there was one kid in my class who couldn't say the word girl. He said, girl. And so I was trying to coach him how to <laughs> put that L sound on the end. And so just realizing that was like, oh, this is what God made me do. This is what I was created. And so that's a helpful reminder too, all the time when I'm like, oh, work is so hard or, you know, I'm so exhausted at the end of the day. It's cool how God's hand has been in that. And, and I really feel every step of the way he's been like, here you go. You know, here's this private practice. I want you to start. Here's your first client. And it's so fulfilling. And I know a lot of SLPs probably hopefully feel that way as well, that just getting to see our kids progress and be successful and learn how to communicate what they need is the best thing in the world. And so as long as I get to keep doing this, I will just be so happy. You know, my my aim at the end of the day is to not only help these kids reach their goals and reach their fullest potential, but also now I get to work with families as well. In the schools, I didn't get to quite as much. Now I get to serve these families too. They become like second families to me. And I get to support them and kind of be like a therapist sometimes because having a child with special needs can be extremely challenging. And so I just love that now I have this opportunity to pour into the kids and I get to pour into the families too. And I know that's what I was meant to do. And so I, I'm just so thankful that that's what I get to do every day. I love that. 
That's awesome. Well, Sydney, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up today? I'm just so grateful that you had me on today and excited to share, you know, about what I've learned along the way and hope it's helpful for someone out there. It definitely will be. You shared some really awesome tips that we haven't really talked about on the podcast before, like your own group and the Goldman Sachs opportunity. So thank you so much for coming on today. If people want to find you, where can they find and connect with you? I'm on Instagram at Olive Branch Speech. And I have a website, olivebranchspeech.com. You can email me. I'd love to answer any questions. If people have anything they want to know more about, sydney at olivebranchspeech.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure and I can't wait to follow along on your journey. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. By the way, have you joined the SSU crew yet? By joining, you get access to the free good section on our website, plus podcast updates, special event notifications, and therapy inspiration. You can sign up at bit.ly slash join SSU crew, all lowercase, or just find the link in this episode description. Also, don't forget to take a screenshot of this episode so that you can always refer back to it and share it on social media if you really love the topic. Take care and remember to always fill your speechy side cup first before you can pour into others.